be looking at this, this second part of the Lord's Prayer today. And I'm saying not about me, because if you think about what this is all about, this, this prayer, Jesus is teaching His disciples. He's teaching them to pray in a way that it's not about us. You know, the, he, would, he had just told the disciples about how the Pharisees would go and they would pray and they would show these this very eloquent displays of prayer. And it was really about them. It wasn't about the Lord. And so Jesus is, is wanting, first of all, our, our hearts to be about Him. He wants us to pray to our Heavenly Father. He wants... He, he shows us that, that God is, is a father to us and that we can be a dependent child. That we can, anytime we need, anytime we need God, we can say, Daddy, help me. Anytime we are in trouble, we can say, Father, I need you. But often, those are the times we pray. And I don't think Jesus wants us to pray only when we're in trouble or when we really are in need of him. And so, He wants us to pray more than just about ourselves. And often, we get in this habit of, of praying when we are in need of something. And that's not bad. It's not bad to pray because God will hear us. And God is our dad. He's our daddy. It's, he wants to hear us. He wants us to come to Him. And that's good. But if we only are coming to God when we need something... That doesn't sound much, that doesn't sound like a very good relationship. If you only came to a friend when you needed something, sooner or later that friend would not really think that you're a friend. The same goes in, in many relationships. If you just come only when you need something, when it's all about you, when it's all about myself, we're not being good friends. We're not being. We're not being kind to the other person. And God is merciful. He's, he's not saying, hey, stop, stop praying. Stop telling me your desires. Stop telling me about what you need. He's not saying that. But what Jesus, the way that Jesus is teaching us to pray, He's teaching us to pray our Father in Heaven. Our Father. This relationship that we have as a dad. That we can come to God. But He's in Heaven but also in the heavens. That means He's here, He's there, He's everywhere. And so God he has all authority, and God is in the heavens, but He's also right with us as we can pray and be near to God. And we can also, and then Jesus says, that we pray, hallowed be your name. Hallowed. It's this way of saying, holy is the Lord. Holy. We want to keep God holy and lifted up. We want to praise Him. And so we pray, holy is your name, because we declare who he is. We declare that he is good. We've been doing that this morning. We've been declaring who is God. And God loves to hear us praise him. And so this next part in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, this next part is a prayer that I often just pray really fast over. It's a, it's a prayer, it's a piece of this prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. And He said, Your kingdom come, Your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what we're going to look at today. 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I know even for me, when I say those words sometimes, it's, it's like it's just, um, I've said it so many times in my life, I kind of forget what, the, what maybe the meaning is. Like, what does it mean that God's kingdom is coming? How do we pray, Lord, your kingdom come. Lord, it's all about your kingdom. It's not about my kingdom. It's not about me. So Jesus, our first point today, the Lord teaches us to pray for God's kingdom to come. Do we want God's kingdom to come? I know I want March Madness to come. And it is March. And there's basketball being played and your team is against my team today. And Yeah, there's, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. March Madness. I get all really excited about March Madness. And I know some of you too. When is it March? As soon as the Super Bowl's over, it's like, when is it March? March Madness. We, we, we love it. Many of us love it. And just for reference, if you're confused about what March Madness is, March Madness is when crazy things happen in college basketball. The team that shouldn't beat the other team often does at the expense of the team that you're cheering for. <laughs> uh, last year. It was hard. Last year. Uh, anyways, almost every year is hard. It's hard because your team usually doesn't win the national championship. And if you win all the games, you win the national championship. But are we praying for God's kingdom to come like we want other things to come? Like we, we know March Madness is about to happen. But do we know that the kingdom of God is about to come? Because we live in this already, but this not yet tension. Jesus spoke a lot about the kingdom coming, but yet it's not fully come yet. So there's some confusion there. What does it mean? Well, it's, it's that Jesus has already come and brought the kingdom, but, but later, the, the not yet part is that He is going to return in glory, and He's going to establish His kingdom. And that's, and that's when every knee will bow in heaven and earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus wants us to pray for God's kingdom to come. He wants us to long for His kingdom to come. But not just that already, not just that, that far off time when it could be today. I don't know when it is. But we pray that God's kingdom comes now. And the work of God's kingdom happens now. You know, more than money, Jesus talked about the kingdom of God. More than family. More than salvation. More than the church. More than any topic that Jesus taught about. And He taught about a lot of things. I wish he would teach about a few more things that make it a little more clear, maybe having less people mad at each other at churches. But he, pray, he, he taught us to pray God's kingdom come. And he really cared about God's kingdom to come. He talked about it a lot. If you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're going to see all over the place Jesus is teaching and talking about the kingdom of God. Now in Matthew, he talks about the kingdom of heaven. But it's the same thing. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. 
And so throughout these Gospels, Jesus is, is, wanting, is, is wanting people to know about the kingdom of God. At the very beginning of Mark's Gospel, and you can turn there if you want with me, uh, to Mark chapter 1. Actually, I invite you to turn to Mark 1. I shouldn't say if you want. I invite you to turn to Mark 1. It's in the New Testament. It's the second book in the New Testament. And right away, the Gospel writer Mark, he wants everyone to know what the whole point is. Now, in, in Matthew and in Luke, they, they kind of have some introduction. They kind of jump into the story a little slower and maybe in Mark's opinion. But Mark says right away in Mark 1, verse 1, he says the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. Right away, the very first words he says is the beginning of the good news. The good news of Jesus the Messiah. Okay, so this is about Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, the one that the people had been waiting for for hundreds of years, even thousands of years. They're waiting for the Messiah to come and save them. And then it, and Mark talks about John the Baptist and how he was preparing the way for, the, for, the, for Jesus. And then how Jesus was baptized by, the, by John the Baptist and we see the, the Trinity there. And then Jesus goes out into the desert, the wilderness, and he's, he's praying and fasting. He's preparing to teach about the kingdom of God. And then it says in verse 14 of, of Mark 1, it says this, after John, that's talking about John the Baptist, after John was put into prison, Jesus went to Galilee. And what did he do? It says he was proclaiming the good news of God. He was saying this, and these are the first red letters of Mark where Jesus is speaking. Jesus said in verse 15, The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. So when the kingdom of God has come near, what does Jesus want us to do? He's, he wants us to repent and believe the good news. Jesus says the kingdom of God has come near. He said that 2,000 years ago. But I believe He's saying that now to us. The kingdom of God has come near. And our response, whether you believe in Jesus or not, our response is to repent and believe the good news. Our response is to say, Jesus, I believe you. Jesus, I want you more than anything else in my life. I want your kingdom to come. I want my life to be all about you. And we repent of anything in our life. We confess that there's things in our life that are not honoring God. That are not even like what Greg said this morning in Matthew 6.33, that if there's things that we aren't seeking God's kingdom first, it says in Matthew 6.33, and this is in your bulletin, seek first the kingdom, His kingdom, and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. And, and this is what, in this part, people were worried about different things. And Jesus said, don't worry about any of that stuff. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first His righteousness, the righteousness of God, and all these things will be given to you as well. Don't worry about all those other things. And He said in verse 34, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, 
for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Isn't that true? Each day has enough trouble of its own. So don't worry about it. Worrying is not going to help you. But seek first the kingdom of God. I agree with Greg. Let's, let's get up early. Let's seek God first in each day. And, and don't feel guilty when it doesn't happen. Don't feel guilty when you don't. But let's just remember throughout each day that we're seeking after God and His kingdom and His righteousness. I want to read in, in a, we read in Matthew, we read in Mark. Let's go, to, let's go to Luke 17. Luke chapter 17. Of course, my favorite gospel. It's a good one. Good name. So in Luke 17, in verse 20, So once, on being asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied. So the Pharisees, the the religious leaders, they're asking Jesus, okay, you keep talking about the kingdom of heaven. You keep talking about the kingdom of God. Well, when is the kingdom coming? And so Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. Nor will people say, here it is. Or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. I'm sure the Pharisees were like, thanks for the answer. <laughs> that's not really what we wanted. <laughs> and often that's what we say too. Jesus, that's not really what we were asking. We wanted to know like, the details. Tell us when. Don't tell us these like, it's here, we can't see it, it's in your midst. Well, Jesus is saying it's in your midst because it has come. The kingdom of God has come. But yet, we pray for God's kingdom to come. So it's that already, but not yet. It's in our midst. So let's continue to pray that God's kingdom comes. That it's not about our kingdom. It's not about our will. It's about bringing glory to our King. Then Jesus, he, he prayed, he taught us to pray, your kingdom come, and then he taught us to pray, your will be done. So our, our second point today is that Jesus, the Lord, teaches us to pray that God's kingdom will be done. His, his sorry, not his kingdom, his will would be done. So whatever God wants to happen, that that would be what we are praying Whatever the Lord is doing, whatever God wants, we say yes. I was watching The Chosen with my kids yesterday. And in one of the episodes where where Peter was coming to Jesus, and all all these fish had come. Jesus had just performed this miracle. Bringing all the fish and, and Simon Peter is just overwhelmed. He said, get away from me. I am a sinner. Depart from me. And I love how Jesus just looks at him and smiles. He says, don't be afraid. And he said, then Peter, Simon Peter said, I will do whatever you want. I will do whatever you ask. 
And then he just waits and says, anything, anything, just tell me. Just tell me, whatever you want, I'll do. And, and that's, that should be all of our prayer all the time. If God is our Father, if, if Jesus is our King, if, if God deserves all glory and honor, if He is the Lord of our life, then He is also the Master. And so whatever the Master says, we say yes and amen. Yes and amen. Whatever the Master says. And so we need to be asking the question, God, what do you want? What is your will? How can I do what you want me to do? Just tell me anything. Anything you want me to do today, anything you want me to say, any place you want me to go, I will do it. I think that's the prayer that Jesus is asking us to pray when he says, pray that God's will be done. When we are to pray God's will be done, we are saying, whatever you want to happen, God, you are in charge, you let me know, I will say yes. Does that mean it's going to be easy? No, he didn't say only if it's easy to pray this prayer. Does that mean that we're going to get to stay in our comfort zones all the time? No, for sure no. <laughs> for sure, we are not going to be in our comfort zones because God wants us to pray His will be done, whatever He wants to happen. And, and if we aren't going to do it, do you think God's will is not going to happen? If we say no? No. His will is going to happen whether we do it or not. I know sometimes it's easier to say, use someone else, God. That person over there, they're good at teaching VBS. I don't need to do it. They're good at, at singing. I don't need to do it. They're good at all these other things. I don't need to do it. But if God says, I want you to do this, our answer should always be yes. Now, we can say yes. Can you show me how? Or can you confirm that? Or can you help me? You, you can say those things, but at least start by saying yes. So let's be praying for the, for the Father's will to be done. Let's be submitting to Him. Jesus wants us to be all about what He's all about. Jesus is, was all about the kingdom of God. He was all about obeying the Father's will. And He wants us to be all about what He's all about. His followers should be like Him. His followers are going to do what the Master says. They're going to pray the way the Master is teaching them to pray. Not rote prayers, but heartfelt prayers. So Lord, Your kingdom come and Your will be done. That should be the prayer Maybe not exactly those words, but that should be the prayer of our hearts. A.W. Tozer said, he once said, outside the will of God is nothing I want. And inside the will of God is nothing I fear. Think about that for a minute. 
outside the will of God is nothing I want. And inside the will of God is nothing I fear. When we pray, Your kingdom come and Your will be done, our heart is praying, I want whatever You want, Lord. I'm not concerned about the rest of the world and and the things that the world is, is offering. I want You. Your way is better. And inside the will of God, there's nothing I fear. There's nothing... There's no room for fear inside the will of God because we are doing what God wants us to do. We are submitting to His authority and His reign and His rule. And some people ask, well, what is the will of God? How do I know for sure? Well, I love to turn, tell people to turn to this verse. 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18. Now, I know a lot of times the kids love to memorize the shortest verse in the Bible. Anybody remember what the shortest verse in the Bible? There we go. You guys all know it. Jesus wept. Do you know, you know where it's found? It was harder. John 11. I think it's 35. John 11, 35, I think is Jesus wept. And that's significant because Jesus was showing... Well, we can get into that another time. But this verse, there's actually two verses in a row. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, and 17, they each have two verses. I'm sorry, two words. Paul writes to the Thessalonian church, he says, Rejoice sometimes. Wait, what? No, sometimes. But how can we rejoice always? You're right, it does say rejoice always. It's hard. How do we rejoice always? How can we do that? I can't do that. You probably can't do that on our own. But remember, we're praying it's not about me. It's about the Lord. So verse 16 says, rejoice always. That sounds really hard, but really good. If you rejoice always, I mean, that's a really good thing. We're rejoicing always. And then verse 17 says, pray sometimes. Pray sometimes. What? I can't pray continually. I can't really say that. Paul doesn't mean that, right? You're right. He did say that. He said, pray continually. And I know sometimes we, we look at that and say, that's not possible, so I should just pray sometimes. But I don't think that was what Paul was saying. In fact, he, did, he didn't write pray sometimes. He said, pray continually. And he said, the next part in verse 18, he said, give thanks in all circumstances. Now here's the key. Here's the key. He said, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is God's will. If you want to know how to be in God's will, first of all, let's be praying thy kingdom come your will be done. But we can, we can know Your will will be done when we in our hearts are rejoicing always, when we're praying always, when we are giving thanks in all circumstances. You know, it doesn't say give thanks in some circumstances. It doesn't say good, give thanks when things are going really well. Sometimes that's hard to do by itself, to give thanks for things. 
But we see Jesus' example. He was constantly giving thanks to his Father. So his will is that we rejoice always. We pray always or continually. We give thanks in all circumstances. But we can't do this apart from God. We can't do this on our own. There's no way that I can rejoice always. There's no way I can pray continually. There's no way that I will give thanks or that can give thanks in all circumstances if it's about me. If it's about me, forget it. But God's will for us, for each of us, is to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. And whatever your will is, Whatever you want is what I want to do. And that's an okay prayer to pray. God, I don't even know if I can, I can do your will. I don't even know if I can give thanks always. I don't know if I can be rejoicing always and, and, and praying continually. I don't know if I can do that. But Lord, with your Spirit, please help me. Please help me to have that attitude. In our, uh, I've been coaching basketball at Dewey Community Church on Saturdays, and one of the devotions that was given was this, this part here. First uh, Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. And, and uh, the person that was leading the devotion said, this is the triple threat. Now, I don't know if you basketball players know this or not, but the triple threat is when you hold the ball like this, and you're ready at any point to shoot. You're ready at any point to pass. You're ready at any point to dribble. And so you can be in this triple threat position. You're ready. And so what this devotion was about was how we have a triple threat. We have this triple threat. It's God's will for us to rejoice always, to pray continually, to give thanks in all circumstances. Remember, it's not about us. It's about God's will. God's kingdom come, God's will be done. Even Jesus prayed this. Jesus, on the, on the night that he was being arrested, he prayed, not my will, but yours be done. But right before that, he prayed very openly to his heavenly Father, take this cup from me. Take this, what, I, what I'm going to do, what I'm, I'm being obedient to you, Father. Take it away. If there's any other way that I don't have to go to the cross, and you still can save people. If there's any other way, let's, let's talk about that. <laughs> but then, moments later, he prayed, not my will, but yours be done. Even to the point of death. I hope that, no, that God is not calling anyone to die for his will. But he did call Jesus to die for his will. And we are his followers. If you've trusted Jesus with your life, you've said, I'll take up my cross and follow wherever you take me, wherever you want me to go. And that means that we are going to lay down our lives. Now, hopefully for our sake, it's not literally. But it could be. And we're going to rejoice always. We're going to pray continually. And we're going to give thanks in all circumstances, even if that means we're being killed. Now this last part of, of this piece of the, the Lord's Prayer, 
your kingdom come, your will be done. And then Jesus says for us to pray, on earth as it is in heaven. Now I want us to think about what is happening right now in heaven. Right now, wherever people are in heaven, what do we think they're doing? What are they doing right now? Anybody can answer. They're praising, worshiping, singing. More praising, more worshiping. They're bowing down. They're laying their crowns before the throne. What else are they doing? Are they eating hot dogs? Probably a steak, yeah. Right, what, what else are they doing? They're, they're serving, they're blessing, they're, they're proclaiming, they're doing God's will. They're doing God's will. And someday, if we've chosen to trust Jesus with our life, and we've surrendered all to Jesus, then we get to be in that crowd. We get to be in heaven doing those things, worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords, worshiping the Savior, bowing before Him, giving Him glory and honor and praise. Read Revelation and see what they're doing, what, what they're doing in heaven, in the throne room. Read Isaiah 6 and see what... what the vision he saw. It's all about worship. Worship of, of God. It's all about worship. So if, if people and all creation is worshiping God in heaven, and Jesus teaches us to pray on earth as it is in heaven, what do you think he wants us to be praying what does that mean? On earth as it is in heaven. I think he's praying, he wants us to pray that whatever God says here on earth, we say yes. I think whatever, whatever our hearts are all about is about praising God. It's about bowing before His throne. About casting our crowns. It's, about, it's not about our kingdom. It's about God's kingdom. So in this last part, the Lord's teaching us to pray for God's reign everywhere. Wherever we are, wherever we go, that God's reign would extend. God's kingdom come, and His will be done everywhere we are. Everywhere His followers are, showing people not always using our words, but showing by our lives, proclaiming how God is good. John Ortberg, a pastor and writer, interprets this phrase saying, many people think our job as Christians is get to the afterlife destination. And, and then we tread water until someday we'll be ejected and God will come back and torch this place. He says, he continues, he says, but Jesus never told anybody, neither his disciples nor us, to pray 
get me out of here so I can be up there with you. Jesus' prayer was, make up there come down here. Make things down here run the way that they do up there. The request that thy kingdom come, thy will be done, is God's invitation to join him in making things down here the way they are up there. God invites us to be part of of this by praying your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that our hearts would be praying, that our hearts would be worshiping, that our hearts would be proclaiming who God is. And that the more and more of this earth will be more and more like heaven. The message translation translates this verse very similarly. It says, Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best. As above, so below. Is that our prayer? That God does what's best. Like in heaven, it's whatever God says happens. Below also happens. Here on earth. So let's pray for God's kingdom to come. Let's pray for God's will to be done. And let's pray that God's reign would be everywhere. And remember today that Jesus wants us to be all about what He is all about. And in this prayer, at the beginning of this prayer, Jesus is teaching us to pray, Your, Your, Your. Hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Before he says, before he encourages us or shows us in this model to pray, give us, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. Before we talk about what we need, he wants us to know who God is and that our hearts would be doing what God wants us to do. Because Jesus wants us to be all about what he's all about. I just want to encourage you to, to take a few moments and pray this prayer. Where am I not letting go of my will, Lord? And where am I asking for God's will? Are we saying, this is mine, don't touch it. You can have 90% of my life, but not, the whole, not, not all of my life. Are we wanting to build our own kingdom, or at least our small kingdom here, but not letting the Lord have all of us? Where does God's kingdom need to invade my kingdom? So during this next song, I invite you to bring your burdens to the Lord. Bring your Surrender to the Lord. Let God's kingdom come. That we pray God's kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I just want to invite you, if if you want to come forward and pray this prayer, and just come to the altar, you are invited to do that. To come. Leave your regrets and mistakes. Come today. There's no reason to wait because Jesus is calling 
come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Jesus, we pray as we sing this song, we pray that we would be people that would examine ourselves. The God, that you would show us if, if we aren't surrendering all. Lord, we pray today that we would pray, I'll do whatever you ask, just show me, Lord. That we would be surrendered to your throne. That you would be the King of Kings in our hearts. And we would worship you with surrendered hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.